You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome. Happy Canada Day. Uh, and hi to all the kiddos that's, that are joining us, as we've already said. We're, we're excited. These are kind of like family services, right, when uh, parents and kids get to go through the service, the whole, the whole service together. I was talking with someone at coffee break about, uh, my childhood, which was, uh, the kind of first part of growing up for me. I was Lutheran. My family was at a Lutheran church, a very small, uh, country church, maybe, maybe ha- half the size of the gate, actually. It was really tiny, but, um, <clears throat> at that church, I recall sitting through the sermons. Uh, the long, seemingly boring, really boring sermons to me as a five, six, seven, eight year old. But I'm afraid to say, actually thankful that I, I know that I learned, um, a lot when I did sit through these church services, the Lutheran church service and other ones as well as a kid. I learned a lot because I, Although I was probably coloring and seemingly ignoring what was happening, I was still hearing the word of God preached and um, also learning to, you know, sit through church and things like this. So it was very valuable and it's exciting to me kind of in that way that we're doing this for for a month here in July. Um, So welcome to the kids. Today is a, a cool Sunday because we're actually starting... A brand new sermon series. We we had been going through the the letters of John, and we completed that last week as as Greg kind of crashed through Second and Third John in one sermon. <laughs> uh, that was good. And um, so today we're starting our, our summer series of messages, which we've titled "Fruit." Does anyone have a guess what we're going to be talking about in this sermon series? It's not the Ten Commandments. Close. The fruit of the Spirit. We're going to be going through the fruit of the Spirit through the summertime. It's going to be really good. We called it fruit, well, for the obvious reason, but I'm thankful that we called it fruit because I have the tendency to pluralize it. Uh, and Greg is quick to correct me every time. I call it the fruits of the Spirit, which is not what... That's not what Paul does. He, t- he tells us about one fruit with, uh, you know, and then he lists the attributes or aspects of that fruit. And so uh, each Sunday, uh, the, whoever's speaking will be taking one of those aspects and will be going off of that. Uh, but I'm going to be cheating a little bit today. I will talk about the first uh, aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. But before I do that... I feel I need to kind of lead up to the fruit of the Spirit or provide hopefully a little bit of context or explanation um, about the fruits and see what Paul has to say before the fruit of the Spirit. So that's what we're going to be, uh, what I'll be spending actually the majority of my message on is kind of an intro to the fruit and then near the end we'll talk about love. If we're talking about fruit or growing things, um, it's necessary to talk about weeds. Anyone who's ever had a garden or tried to grow anything, even just flowers, knows that weeds are a very real problem. I've experienced this myself. We uh, we got a new house 
my, me and Chris Lynn and the kids, we moved into a new place at um, kind of the beginning of what turned out to be a very long winter. Amen. Um, <laughs> so we moved in around December and and uh, the snow came. And so when we moved in, the yard was pretty much dead. There wasn't really anything growing or anything to see. So in the back of my mind, as the as the months kind of dragged on through the winter, I sort of had this excitement because I'd never really seen my yard before, my new yard. I'd never seen what was there. And there's lots of landscaping and flower beds and whatnot. So uh, when spring finally came, and I was just so excited to see what would grow. And uh, the first things that popped up, of course, were the tulips. Classic tulip move. They're always, or usually, the first of the flowers. And so they, they came up, and there's a few of them in the yard. We had to physically restrain my kids from picking them all. <laughs> we let them pick a couple, but uh, we wanted some in the yard, so that was fine. Um, but pretty much right after that, uh, the next thing, or a set of things which came up in our yard, our, our new beautiful yard, was weeds. There's weeds in the grass, there's weeds in the rocks, there's weeds in the flower beds, and, and you know, along the cracks of the concrete, everywhere, to much to our despair, were, were these weeds growing up, and, and so, well, here we are. Uh, you know, Crystal and I, when we have free time, we're going to go outside and and pulling out these weeds with a, a kind of embarrassing amount of rage. <laughs> I don't know why we're so angry about them, but uh, but we're trying to get rid of all the weeds as best as we can. So why am I talking about weeds? Well, weeds come up without being planted. Weeds grow without tending to them. You do not, ex- maybe, like I may not have expected them, although I should have, but they're there, and they're everywhere, and, and they grow without any kind of care or, or intentionality, which would be wonderful if they were good for anything, but they're not, right? You can't eat them. They're, my kids think that they're fun to pick and put in uh, vases or bottles, but other than that, you know, like real weeds, they're not just unuseful. They're actually bad. They're harmful. Um, some of them are dangerous or poisonous, and, and other ones at the very least they're going to take the nutrients away from the things that you do want to grow. And in effect, they'll, they'll kill the flowers or the fruits or the vegetables that you've planted and want to see come up. So before Paul gets to the fruit of the Spirit... It's a metaphor about fruit that grows, what the Spirit would do in us, and how Jesus will affect and change us by his Spirit. Before he gets to that, Paul talks about weeds. He doesn't call them weeds, but if you'll allow me, I'll say that's what they are. So I'm going to be reading uh, nine or ten verses here. Galatians chapter 5, if you have your Bible, that's where we'll be. You can... Maybe put a bookmark there, because we're going to be there over and over on Sunday mornings in Galatians chapter 5. I'll start in verse 16, and then read to verse 25. Paul says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, 
so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I tell you about these things in advance, as I've told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now for those who belong to Christ Jesus, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified in the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. So Paul's letter to the Galatians um, is an address to a group of Christians who are experiencing kinds of problems. They, um, they've been kind of infiltrated or led astray by teachers who believe that, well, Jesus is the way, but you actually still have to uh, practice the Jewish law in order to you know, know God and be close to him and be saved. And, and so Paul sees the problems with this kind of theology and he writes to the Galatians to correct them and admonish them and get them back on track. It's a short letter. You can read the whole thing this afternoon if you want. It won't take you very long at all. But by the time we get to chapter five, he's kind of getting to the application of these things or the implications of having uh, the right beliefs and practices in Jesus as opposed to these false teachings. At the beginning, in verse 16, he he compares it to a journey. He says, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Let's remember that um, in the weeks to come, that we walk by the Spirit. So you can see why I was talking about weeds, right? Um, These desires of the flesh, these, these selfish things, the... Uh, the sin, for to, to call it simply, the, the sins that Paul has listed are like weeds. That's what they are. They're they're going to naturally grow. They're going to pop up in uh, the garden of our lives without us, you know, planting them there in the first place. Or, or, or if we ignore them, they'll just they'll grow and they'll take over. And cause all kinds of problems. These are areas in our life that without the work of the redemptive, uh, without the redemptive work of the Holy Spirit, the weeds will grow abundantly. And in fact, take over to the point where, as, as Paul puts it quite bluntly, you won't inherit the kingdom practicing these things because they are the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do in our lives. Um, Paul 
had that lengthy list of sins, you can kind of break them into three categories. He starts with sexual sins, and then after that he talks about sins of spiritual practice, um, idolatry and sorcery and other kinds of uh, false spiritual practices. And then the last handful, which is probably the longest one, would be sins of, of uh, the way that we relate to one another. Right, sin, a relational sin, sinning against other people, the way that we treat people and behave with one another. And these are categories this morning, and and again as we go through other fruits or other aspects of the fruit of the spirit, um, I pray that we would be examining our hearts and and checking ourselves um, almost prior to uh, being able to grow in the fruit, because. Um, there's, imagine the garden. There's, there's the garden that's overrun with weeds, but there's also the garden which continues to need to be weeded through and throughout, right? You, you don't just pull out the weeds and you're good to go forever. Well, next year there's going to be more weeds coming up. And, and Paul's realistic about sin. This is why he, he's describing it, because he knows that the fruit of the Spirit is not a, it's not fast food. It's slow food. It's something that's growing in us. Um, I would suggest for our entire lives, right? This process will never end for us. And if we're not realistic about the, the weeds of sin, which, which will pop up for us, even as we're dwelling with Christ, then we're going to be blindsided by their power to overtake us, influence us, and, and cast us off track. Um, in the book of Romans, Paul talks more about this, about the, the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the flesh. In chapter 8, specifically, I want to reach Romans 8, 5 to 9. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. In other words, what do you think about? For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Excuse me. So you see by how uh, if we leave ourselves to our own means and we're not um, allowing the spirit to to correct us and, and deal with these weeds, if we're left to our own devices, our, uh, we'll be naturally pushed away. Our sin will, will, will come up and, and, and push away the activity of the spirit and the, and the change that we should have in our hearts as followers of Jesus. Without God's grace, our gardens are full of weeds. But if we take hold of the promise of Jesus, which is his spirit, Jesus promised his spirit to to his believers. Uh, As we just read in, in Romans, Paul encourages us in this process of growth, right? Away from sin and towards the light of Christ. Righteousness, God's spirit dwells inside of his people, 
I want to add that in verse 9 of Romans chapter 8, he says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. And sometimes the if freaks us out, and that's where we get stuck. We say, well, is the spirit of God dwelling in me? I don't know what that means. I'm confused because different people tell me different things. Well, that's why we're having this series this summer, because each week we're going to be going back to this list of the fruit of the spirit, which is a way that we can, it's evidence of the spirit's dwelling in us. And I hope that that's encouraging for us. So the obvious question that I want to ask this morning is, is my life, if my life is a garden or, or, or what have you, is it a place that is hospitable for the Holy Spirit to have its way? Or what's growing in my heart and in my life? Is it sin? Is it things which lead me into darkness instead of the light of Christ? Is my garden overrun with these harmful things that Paul's described? Or maybe it's not, but if I look closely, there's still weeds that are present there that God wants me to pull out and kill. As Christians, uh, obviously, this kind of goes without saying, but as Christians, our lives should not be marked with... um, the desires of the flesh, but with the presence of his spirit. And again, this is why Paul had said in Galatians that those who practice these things won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. These things do not belong in God's kingdom or have any role there. In fact, they will be cast out. So if, if this is what we practice, if we identify with the, that first list instead of the second, well, then we're not on track at all. So let's return after kind of you know talking about those things let's return to the fruit of the spirit for a minute i have to admit that as as this happens to me often i'm humbled when i come to god's word because um when i read the fruit of the spirit i think i i don't know i forget what's actually listed and i expect it to be more glamorous or showy but then i read it and it's it's not that glamorous actually the things that Paul lists as the fruit of the Spirit are very simple things. And I think that I wish that maybe they were a little bit more glamorous so that they were things that would be easier for me to you know, work on and change because the, the fact is the fruit of the Spirit is the big things, things like love. And it, it's... Uh, no surprise that the first thing that Paul lists is love as the first of the different parts of the fruit of the Spirit. He says love is the fruit of the Spirit. R.C. Sproul says that love is what flows from the heart that has been changed by the Holy Spirit. Love is what flows from the heart that has been changed by the Holy Spirit. So if you're wondering if the Spirit is active in your life, if you're being you know, changed and sanctified and grown, well, are you loving? Do you love well? Do you love people? And 
before we answer that question, I want to remind us what love is. Right? That love is... Um, because we're talking about something supernatural here. We're not talking about a natural affection or, or, or whatever. We're talking about something more than that. And in fact, we've, we've been talking about it a lot in uh, First and Second and Third John. But in case we've forgotten, I thought I would read a couple of the passages from those books where John tells us what love is, what the kind of love we can expect to see growing in us if indeed the Holy Spirit has its way with us as Jesus people. First John 3:14 to 16 says this, but we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And then later in chapter 4, 7 to 11, in 1 John, John says, Beloved, let us love one another, for uh, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love doesn't know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. If we want to see God, or, or perhaps other people want to see God, if we call ourselves Christians, it's like, well, so what? You know, prove it. John says that if we love one another, that God abides in us and that essentially his love would be evidence of that. Our lives will be marked by love. It's that simple. And I believe that all of us can grow in this today, wherever you're at, you, me, each one of us, um, I hope, can, can see the fruit of the Spirit grow in, in this way, in perhaps the most important way, which is love. One of my favorite quotes that I, I'm often reminded of um, is from Bob Goff, who said, whenever I think that somebody ought to be more loving, that person is usually me. And I may have said that before in a message, but like I said, I think about it all the time. If I think someone ought to be more loving, it's usually me. What I'm saying is we can all love better. We can all grow in this. None of us has arrived at the place where we are... Uh, on the same level of Jesus, I suppose. Um, God is, I, I pray that God is changing us and growing us to be more loving as his church. And in order to do this, if we go back to what I was talking about at the beginning, we have to be honest with ourselves, 
primarily and also with God and maybe with other people. We have to be honest about the weeds that have been or that maybe are present and and causing harm to the growth of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Okay, we have to be honest about this and real. We can't pretend that the fruit of the Spirit is fast food, a thing which God just hands to us, you know, when we, when we accept Jesus. That's not the way it is. We walk by the Spirit. So ask God this morning to change you by His grace, and, and, and He will be faithful to that prayer. It may take a very long time. Like I said, if you've ever gardened or grown something before, you know that it is a process. It takes a while. But this is the process that Paul has brought us to as he's uh, taught us about the fruit of the Spirit, and it's a process that we're going to keep growing on uh, throughout each week of the summer as we talk more and more about these aspects of the fruit. So today we begin with love. I'm going to uh, close in prayer. The band can come up. And after that, I'll invite you to communion. Let's pray. Lord God, um, as I said, how humbling it is to, to have these, uh, these things put so plainly before us by Paul, the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. Um, but I thank you as well for the reminder that um, we are to walk with you, and not only that, Lord, but that you abide with us as your people, that you are close to us, in fact, that you are dwelling in us as we believe and receive your presence, God, to change us, to, to take us out of the, the darkness of the things of death, the desires of the flesh and selfishness and sin, God, that you've redeemed us through Jesus and brought us over into a place where indeed we can and will see your faithfulness as you grow the fruit of your spirit in us, Lord. Give us the things that we need to, to grow in, the, in, in, in love, God. Convict us, and, and as I was saying, Lord, show us uh, this Sunday and, and each one, God, as we talk about the fruits of the spirit. Just would you reveal to us any conviction that we need to uh, lay down before you once again at the cross, Lord, for you to do away with it and redeem for us, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness and for the things that you have uh, planned for us. You are so good and we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.